Welcome to the Thriving Authors Podcast, where we delve into all aspects of what it takes to get your dream book out of your heart, onto the page, and into the world, connecting with a wide audience of readers. I'm Dallas, and I don't just want you to be a published author. I want you to be a thriving author, confidently sharing your ideas, making an impact with your words, and owning your unique voice that deserves to be heard. I've spent the past two decades immersed in the publishing industry, building my career as a best-selling author of five books and counting. As a book coach, I have helped dozens of women birth their books and live their dreams. And here's what I know to be true. You deserve abundant creativity, a nurturing writing practice, and a supportive community that inspires and uplifts you through the ups and downs of the writing life. I want to help you write and publish your dream books that grow your audience, grow your business, and grow your legacy. On this podcast, you will find behind-the-scenes lessons from my own book writing and publishing journey, interviews with successful published authors, and tips and advice you can start using today to move you forward in your writing life. You don't have to do this alone. Let's get started. Jessica Flory is the author of the debut novel, Oceans of Sand. She writes clean fantasy romance, and it was so fun to be able to celebrate the release of her debut novel and to chat with her about her journey to publication. I think it is so inspiring, especially if anyone is listening who is a fellow caregiver, a fellow parent, someone who is trying to fit in writing with all the other demands of life. Um, I think that Jessica's story of how she made her way to her debut novel is so permission giving and inspiring um, for that season of life. So a little bit about Jessica. She has a bachelor's degree in molecular biology from BYU Provo, and she uses that science background to dream up cool settings and magic systems. Jessica has been a proud member of the Hot Mess Writers Critique Group since 2013. She is a mom of three crazy boys and one girl. She's also a fitness instructor and an avid baker. When she's not writing, she can be found chasing her kids, making a mess in the kitchen, or reading with her husband. And you can connect with her at her website, jessicaflory.com. I think you'll really enjoy my conversation with Jessica. I just love her energy and her vulnerability and really sharing what it has been like for her um, in this season of taking her book from draft to published um, and having that out in the world and also just really excited for her and celebrating that um She's working on her sequel right now, too. So um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts about my conversation with Jessica. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dallas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have you here. And congratulations. Um, we are recording this about a week after your novel Oceans of Sand was just released. And just want to send you so much congratulations. I can't wait to talk more about the book and kind of hear some of the behind the scenes leading up to the publication. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm just thrilled. It's a dream come true. So thrilled for you. Well, maybe you can start us off by sharing a little bit about your background. What made you first get the writing bug? What made you interested in writing? And we can hear a little bit about the path that led you to this novel's publication. Yeah, I would love to talk about that. Thank you. Um, so I've always loved to write. I've had this dream since I was a little kid. 
So when I was in fourth grade, I actually filled up a whole 70 page notebook with this story about a unicorn named Sunshine. <laughs> and I brought it, yeah, <laughs> I brought it home for my mom to read. And I was just so proud, right? And she read the whole thing, bless her heart. <laughs> and she said she loved it. And I was just hooked. Like I just, I just beamed. Like I was just thrilled, right? And I knew I wanted to be an author. Like I just, I just knew it. I wanted to publish a book. Um, so I just kept going and kept writing and I've kind of always just had this dream, even though, right. It's, it's so hard. It's, it's hard to publish a book. It's a competitive world for sure. Um, but I kept practicing, kept working on it, took lots of writing classes. Um, and oceans of sand is actually my fourth novel that I wrote. I'm not counting the, the unicorn story. We can, <laughs> we can leave that behind. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Oceans of Sand is my debut. It's the first novel I wrote that's being published and I'm just thrilled about it. That is so wonderful. I'd love to get into more of that. We actually have similar um, similar journeys in that, Jessica, that my oh, first novel that ended up being published, I think, was my fourth I'd completed. So, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. How yeah, cool. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes I think um, as a reader, you just assume that when you're reading an author's mm-hmm. books that they come out in the order that they were written. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, for me, that's not been the case at all. And um, so, yeah, could you talk a little bit about, um, I guess, just your journey I get a lot of questions from listeners who are a lot we have a lot of writers who listen and you know it can't as you alluded to it can be a hard road there can be a lot of disappointment and discouragement and maybe you could speak a little bit to what helped you stay the course and Mm -hmm. um you know get to this place now where you do have your debut novel out in the world yeah yeah definitely I'd love to talk about that um So, yeah, I mean, my love for writing and telling stories is definitely what kept me going, right? And I think that's true for a lot of writers. We love sharing our stories with people, and that's so powerful. Um, But how I eventually got Oceans of Sand published was... So I sent out query letter after query letter, right? Like with every novel I wrote, uh, just querying agents, querying publishers and editors, trying to get it published, just got rejection after rejection, right? And that's very, very discouraging. Um, but I have a fantastic writers group. They are so helpful and wonderful and very encouraging. So I definitely recommend every writer uh, find, find a good writers group because they can lift you up and keep you going even when it's hard. Um, but how I eventually met my editor was actually at a writers conference. So that's something I tell a lot of writers is, man, go to writers conferences. They are worth every penny you spend. The classes are amazing. The people you meet are amazing. They're a great place to meet critique partners and find a writer's group. Um, and so I actually went to LTUE, Life, the Universe and Everything, right? It's a fantasy and science fiction specific writers conference. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, and that's where I met my editor, Lindsay Flanagan. She's amazing. She's with uh, Immortal Works. They're a Utah publishing house. Um, and they've been so great. I love working with them. But so I met her, pitched my work to her, and she just fell in love with it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so she read a little bit of it right then and there. And that was probably like one of the most nerve wracking moments in my life. Were you just, just watching her read it? Yes, I was just <laughs> watching her read it. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> But it was amazing. And she said, I am really interested. I would love to see more. So please send me more. And I was just like, oh, like, oh my gosh. So I sent her the whole thing and waited for a few nerve wracking weeks. And then I heard back from her. 
And she said that she wanted to send me a contract. And I was just, I just screamed and freaked out. Right. And my husband was working from home and he was upstairs and he was actually on a meeting call. And he said, I think my wife just heard that her book is getting published. I have to go. (laughs) He got off the call and ran downstairs and we just both jumped up and down and screamed and celebrated. And it was wonderful. (laughs) That's such an amazing story. That gives me goosebumps. I I just love that. (laughs) And I mean, what a testament to your, um, just your determination to, you know, to kind of move on past those rejections and the discouragements and just what was waiting for you on the other side. And I think your story illustrates how it is such a, um, just such a subjective market. And I think often it is like trying to find that editor that really does get your work, resonate with your work, right? It's Mm -hmm. not to say that your other books were were bad or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It's like, you just had to put yourself in the place to be able to successfully find your dream editor Mm -hmm. who fell in love with your book. So I think that's such a great reminder for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're in the trenches querying, getting those rejections, like remember that, remember that it is a subjective market. And a rejection doesn't mean that your work is bad or that it doesn't belong out there, right? It just means that maybe it wasn't the right fit for this editor at the right time or this agent at that time. So just just keep going, even though it's hard. Yeah, and it's such a great reminder too. I I know when I'm sending out queries or pitches, sometimes it's easy to forget that the person on the other side of that is like a real actual human being who's going to be reading your work. And I think that's another great reason to go to writers conferences and to actually get to meet agents and editors in person is you're able to remember like this is a real human. And I think related to that, you know, maybe an editor is reading your query and they're having a grumpy morning or like they're really tired because they were up all night with their sick kid. Like there's just so many. A silly reason that they're Mm -hmm. rejecting you. Not that your writing isn't good enough to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, do you want to tell us a little bit about Oceans of Sand? And I would also love to hear just what the process looked like from signing that contract to then now, you know, having it out in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So Oceans of Sand is a young adult fantasy romance, and it's a clean, sweet romance. I want my kids to be able to read my books, right? And so I've kept it clean. The swear words are all fake, right? Which is great, which is a wonderful part of fantasy. You can make (laughs) up the swear words. (laughs) It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, So I have my nine-year-old is actually reading Oceans of Sand, and I'm just thrilled about it. But Yeah. So it is set in a world where the moon is so close to their world that it actually pulls the sand into waves. And so my main character, Nora, she has to cross the ocean of sand to save her people. And she's the only one in her village without a sand gift, which is the magic of the land. Um, So it falls on her to save her people. She has to find this legendary artifact that could end a famine that's been going on for several years and threatening the lives of everyone she loves, um, and it falls on her to save everyone, even though she has no magical gift. And of course, her best friend and secret love, Zadok, comes along with her. Um, and so there's some there's some fun romantic tension there. But yeah, that's Oceans of Sand. And I'm just super, super thrilled that it's um, been released for almost a week now and that it's going out into the world. And the feedback yes. I've gotten so far has just been overwhelming and amazing. So yeah, super, super happy about that. I'm such um, a fan yeah. of kind of the like friends, friends to love interest. Oh, yeah. um, um, I think that's so fun. All the tension and so how fun. neat that your nine-year-old is reading it. That must just feel yeah. so cool to see that. Oh my gosh. So cool. Yes. And I've heard from, I mean, nieces and nephews and 
um, my cousins and people who have been reading it to their kids. And it's just, man, just made me so thrilled. So I would definitely say, yeah, Oceans of Sand is good for teens and up. Yes. Well, and yeah, so what can you tell us a little bit about just sort of your book launch and um, all of the exciting things in the past week going from signing that contract to then, um, you know, preparing your book and editing and then like finally having it out in the world? Yeah. So it was so amazing and just surreal to be going through that process and just be like, oh my gosh, I have an editor and she's reading it right now and giving me feedback. Like, this is amazing. So I just, I just loved every second of it. The process from signing a contract to actual publication took about a year. So traditional publishing is very slow. That is the truth. <laughs> um, but it was, it was worth it. And it was actually wonderful for me to have that time because then I could, I could start building a newsletter, building a social media presence. So that kind of gave me some time to do that. And that helped a little bit there. But so I sent Oceans of Sand to Lindsay, my editor. She took a month to look over it and give me feedback. Then I had a month to implement that feedback, get it back to her. So we went through a couple rounds of edits there doing that. Um, and then it went to a proofreader, somebody who really just went through line by line and made sure it was sparkly and great. And we still caught um, mistakes in the in the early readers. Um, so that it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how much it, work it takes to, yeah. to get a book on the shelves. Yeah, but... Um, after the proofreader, it went to cover designers and artists um, and the copyright people. Um, that took a couple months. And when I got the cover back, oh, man, I I cried. I was so, so thrilled with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. They really brought my dream to life. The artist is Brian Hales. He's amazing. And I just I'm just thrilled with the cover. I kind of told him a little bit what I wanted. I said, I kind of envision, you know, Two teens, Nora and Zadok, in their boat, sailing the ocean of sand. Zadok's, you know, using the sand to move the boat. And there's a huge moon in the background. That's basically what I told him. And he just really brought it to life. And it just looks beautiful. So I was really happy about that. Um, and then there's just kind of a waiting period where <laughs> you wait for your book to go out. And But in the meantime, it's been great because I've had time to work on the sequel, Oceans of Sand is actually a duology. Yeah. And so I just sent that to Lindsay um, a couple days ago. So amazing. Yes. Book two is already in the works. Hopefully I will get a contract and a release date for that soon. So very excited. That is so exciting. Did you want to speak at all to just your process when you I'm I'm imagining that when you envisioned the first book that you knew it was going to be a duology or did the did the sequel kind of span after you'd finished the first book? Yeah, so actually, I had no idea Oceans of Sand was going to be a duology. <laughs> so that's a great question. Yeah, because I, I've never written a sequel before, right? Like, I just never really saw the point of writing a sequel or planning a series when I didn't know if the first one was going to be published, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and so, but in the Oceans of Sand contract, there was a line that said, basically immortal works my publisher gets to look at the sequel first if there is one right and that kind of got me thinking i was like i really like this world i really like these characters do i want to do anything more with this so the nice thing is that oceans of sand is its own story you can read it enjoy it and just stop right like there's no horrible ending that leaves you hanging and you know it it wraps up really nicely which is great because i love it i love it when authors do that 
to us when we can just read one and and enjoy it and not be on the edge of our seat for a year and a half while we're waiting. Exactly. <laughs> while we're waiting. <laughs> yeah. Which is, not, there's, I see why they do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, it got me thinking about a sequel and what possibilities there were in this world. You know, what else? What else is out there and what else could happen when the moon is so close and kind of I've been playing with the physics a little bit and I wanted to explore more there. And we were actually on vacation and I woke up in the middle of the night and I just like had this idea just like zap. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I just had a, this idea for a sequel and just like hurried and scribbled it down. And then the rest of the night I could not sleep because <laughs> I was just thinking about this idea that I had for a sequel. And I. I can't give away too much, um, mm -hmm. but I'm very excited about the sequel. It's turning out great. And after after that, it wraps up Nora's and Zadok's story really nicely. So a duology is all it's going to be. It's not going to turn into a trilogy, um, but we'll see. There might be more in this world. Um, we'll just see what happens. That is so exciting. And I love how I feel like you kind of put yourself in place for that lightning bolt of ideas um, that it just shows me that you happened on vacation, right? Like you were you already <laughs> yeah. thinking about this. It was germinating. And then I think sometimes we um, don't have patience for ideas to come, but it's like mm -hmm. you kind of had to get it germinating. And then all of a sudden it like came to you. Um, what was the process yeah. like writing the sequel, knowing you know, that the first one was going to be published. Did it feel different mm -hmm. than when you wrote the first one? Oh, it did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely felt different. Um, actually, it was a little bit harder mm -hmm. because I felt a little bit more pressure. Mm -hmm. Just thinking, I mean, with Oceans of Sand, I had no idea whether it was going to be published. In fact, I thought it probably wasn't going to be, right? Yeah, because it yeah. was my fourth book and none of the other ones had been published. And so I really had space to just be creative and just let it flow and not worry so much about whether it was coming out perfect or not with a sequel, which is called dunes of water. Ooh, I knew I like it that. would. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I knew it was going to be published, you know, 99% chance that it's accepted. I mean, I really doubt that immortal works will reject it, but you know, they could. Um, but so I knew it was going to be published. Um, and it, it made it a little bit harder to write. There was a little bit of paralysis at the beginning where I really felt that imposter syndrome. Mm. You, know, you hear about that as a writer and it really is real that like, you're like, whoa, I've done this once, but can I do it again? Was it a fluke? Do I really have it in me to keep going? So I felt that a little bit. Um, it didn't take me too long to overcome it. I still, I still feel that from time to time. But once I got going, I felt like I was able to kind of find my creative flow. I'm definitely an outliner. So I, I made an outline, let it sit for a bit, right? And then came back to it, kept working on it just in case more ideas kind of zap, zap me out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and that, that helped. Once I had a plan, I felt like I was able to, to roll with it and really get going and, and feel good about it. My writer group, they've helped so much with so many good suggestions to make it better. Um, my editor's taken a, a look at some pieces of it and she's, she's helped a ton as well. So, so yeah, the process has been different. Um, and it was a little bit harder actually. And I, since I've never written a sequel before, there were some challenges there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did help that as I was writing the sequel, Oceans of Sand was still being worked on, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't out. 
and I could still go into it and make tweaks and changes to help foreshadow things for the sequel. Oh, that's so a great that, point. That helped a lot. I really, I really liked being able to do that. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of been the process there. And I don't know if imposter syndrome ever really goes away, <laughs> but it did get easier once I kept going. I have to, when I'm writing, I have to really just let myself go and just write. And if I, if I don't stop, I find that I get a lot more done and it comes out a lot better rather than if I'm trying to edit myself as I go. That's just mm -hmm. part of my process. I just have to, I just have to go. And even if there's typos, even if it's coming out in a way that doesn't sound that great, I know I'll be able to go back and fix it later. So first draft, I am usually able to pump it out pretty quick because I just type and type and type and don't stop. So I think that's such great advice like for a first draft because it's really that mm -hmm. creative part of your brain that the editorial part yeah. is more analytical. And it seems mm -hmm. if we're trying to all the time switch between the two, it can be um, not only bring up feelings of imposter syndrome or our mm -hmm. inner critic, but I think it, like you're saying, it's almost like you're trying to hit the gas and pump the brakes at the same time. So Absolutely. that's really good advice. Yeah. yeah, we need that critical editorial side, but not when we want the creativity to come out and just just let it flow. So yeah. I'm so glad you touched upon this, too, because I think it's something that's not really talked enough about in our industry. And it can come as such a surprise that we in our minds envision, well, once I get my first book published, then everything's going to be so easy and downhill. And yeah. I remember for myself thinking, oh, if I was ever writing a book that I knew was going to get published, that I like had kind of a contract already. Oh, that would be so incredible because I would you know, feel like it mattered so much, but mm -hmm. it actually can be, um, you can feel pressure. And I think a lot of writers yeah. feel that with their second book, because also you've been through the process of maybe sending your work out to beta readers, or maybe it's even out in the world and you're hearing, you know, you're reading reviews on Goodreads. So I've been told not to do that. But anyway, it's like hard sometimes <laughs> yeah. to get those, those voices out yeah, of our heads. It so. is, it is, especially like the negative reviews, even though they are relatively few, they really stick with you for, for, you know, better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was writing that second book, it, it was a little bit hard for me to get those negative reviews out of my head. Right. Because you can't write for the people who don't like your work, right? There's yeah. so many people who do love it. You have to write for them. You can't, you can't try to change things and tweak things, trying to please the people who don't like it because you're never going to please everybody. And sometimes it's just a matter of taste, right? Like sometimes a negative review doesn't mean you're a bad writer, right? All the time. It doesn't mean you're a bad writer. It just means that we like different things. People like different things. Your book is going to really, really resonate with some people and they're going to just love it. And then other people, it just wasn't for them. And it's just a matter of taste. It's not you. Yes. I have to tell myself that as well. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, one thing I've felt more and more just throughout my own journey is kind of similar to this is like you saying writing for the people writing for your ideal readers writing mm -hmm. for yourself and I think that just becomes more and more important um really mm -hmm. like grounding into that so so that you can enjoy the process and like you're Absolutely. talking about you love these characters mm -hmm. you love this world and um wanting to spend more time with them and just seeing that as you yeah. know a joy that you get yeah if you are loving it and you are having fun with it your readers are going to feel that right rather than if if it's a big struggle and every word is just painful, you know, it's it, your, your readers are going to be able to tell. So like, take a break if you need it too, right? Is, is my advice. Like, it's okay to take a break sometimes, you know, maybe not if you have a deadline, but <laughs> other than that, it's okay yeah. to take a step back for a little while 
until you're feeling it again. Yes, that's such good advice. Is there anything else that you would share? Uh, maybe someone's listening to this and they're dreaming about their, you know, first novel getting picked up by a publisher, or maybe someone's kind of in the middle of editing their book and um, are feeling some self-doubt. Like, do you have any just final advice? You've already shared so many wonderful nuggets, but anything else you want to leave listeners with? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So something I tell every writer I meet who uh, would like to be published, well, and even published writers, because we're all working on our craft, right? And getting yes. better. Um, a book I read that changed my writing forever was Story Engineering by Larry Brooks. Have you ever read that by chance? I have not. I'm going oh, to write it down yes, and check write it out. Write it down. <laughs> Story Engineering by Larry Brooks. Such a good book. And I've read a lot of books on writing and they've all given me tips and tidbits, but this one really changed my writing forever and kind of actually helped me learn how to structure a plot so that mm. it sticks with people and carries them along in a way that they can't put your book down. Right. And that's huge. Once I learned that things, things really changed and picked up for me. So that's a piece of advice I give. Um, another piece is just to stick with it and keep that habit of consistency right? I said, take a break if you need it earlier. And that still applies. Yeah. Um, but if you've got that routine and just sticking with it, like you can, you can finish your book. So when I was writing these earlier novels, you know, I've got four kids, life is busy and it, yeah, it's, it's, you have to carve out that writing time. So I just wrote for 15 minutes a day. Like I finished four novels in, I mean, 10 years. So, you know, a a long time, <laughs> but just writing in that, that short little amount of time, 15 minutes a day. That's all I did when my kids were napping or whenever I could squeeze it in. Even if I was on a roll, I made myself stop so that it was easier to pick it up the next day. Right. And just that consistency, it let me pump out these novels and people would say like, how are you doing this? You have four kids, you're doing this and this and this. And I just, you know, 15 minutes a day, that's how I did it. And now things have changed for me. Um, I want to be able to write a little bit faster. And my kids are older, so it's gotten a little bit easier to carve out more time. So now I wake up every morning and write for about an hour. And then in the afternoon during our quiet time, our downtime, I try to get in about an hour of marketing and social media and whatnot. So my process has changed a little bit for the better. But still, just being consistent, it helps so, so much. And yeah, like I said, just that first draft, just write. Don't stop. Don't edit yourself. Just get it done. Because even in that 15 minutes, I was able to get, normally I could get about at least 500 words, sometimes a thousand on a good day in that 15 minutes, right? Because I just wouldn't stop. They weren't fantastic words, but I had them on the page and that really matters. Once they're on the page, it's so much easier to play with it and tweak it and make it better and clean it up. So that's my advice. Well, we are just soul sisters. I just love everything you said. I'm <laughs> I'm currently in a season with my, I have a six month old baby. So I am in that oh, 10 minutes, wow. 15 minutes a day yeah. season, uh -huh. but it's so true. And I love what you said about sometimes stopping yourself when it's going, it can actually mm -hmm. be a gift because then it's easier to get back to it the next day. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I also, one of my favorite professors in um, college in a writing class, she would tell us, um, Amy Bender, she's a fantastic writer. And she would say, you can't edit a blank page, um, which has really stuck <laughs> with me, right? This yeah. idea of like, it's always better having some words on the page than just having that yes. blank page because leaves me something to work with. So I just it's am so, so glad true. that um, I got to connect with you on the podcast today. And oh, I too. just, this has been wonderful. 
It's been so much fun. And maybe you can share with listeners the best ways to um, to find you, to follow you. Obviously, Oceans of Sand is available, you know, anywhere they want to buy books. But do you have any um, any links that you want to share with listeners? Yes, I do. I would love to connect with listeners. So my website is Jessica Flory. That's F-L-O-R-Y dot com. That's a great place to connect with me. You can sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be giving away some copies of Oceans of Sand here pretty soon. So it's a great time to sign up for that. I'm, I'm, I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle Jessica Flory Author. So you can find me on any of those. Instagram's probably my favorite platform where I post the most just goofy author videos and videos of my kids. There's a video where they are telling people all the reasons um, you should buy my book. And it's pretty cute. So I hope you check it out. <laughs> that sounds so cute. I'm going to go check that out. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. And I'm really excited. We'll have to have you back on the podcast when your sequel comes out. I'm really excited. I would for love that to. Too. Yeah. <laughs> thank so you congratulations. So much, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. Please hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook group. It's called Women Entrepreneurs Becoming Best-Selling Authors. And if you are an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish the book inside your heart, this is the place to be. We discuss the podcast episodes. I regularly go live with free challenges. And you may even meet your new writing partner to swap pages with. Again, the name is Women Entrepreneurs Becoming Best-Selling Authors, and it is a completely free Facebook group. You can also reach out to me personally at Dallas Woodburn Author on Facebook and Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast and your ideas for new episodes. Until next time, happy writing. Happy writing.